0: Welcome to episode five of the Bees and Honey podcast, where we speak to Israeli-American artist Uri Dotan, who worked in digital art in the 1980s, 90s, and early 2000s in New York City. His practice still includes digital media, and at times he references technology and social media in his new work, but he mixes it with traditional media like drawing now. Today, I'm in the West Village at the studio of Israeli-American artist Uri Dotan. Uri is short for Uriel and Uri has lived in New York for many years and has worked in the art world as a practicing artist for all of his life. Uh, Uri, can you tell us a little bit about how you started in Israel as an artist?
1: Well, I was born into a family of artists, so it came to me naturally when I was sitting on the laps of my grandmother when I was six years old and started drawing or observing the drawings of my grandfather, who was a painter as well as an architect. So I would say that was a jump start, an early one. And then more seriously, it's um, um, around after I, f- I, while I was doing my BA, I was uh, starting to get heavily involved and heavily involved in video art. It was w- one of my favorite things, uh, drawing, which was always a passion, and photography. And at that time, video art, I was doing thousands of hours of video art. It was when you used to uh, put a uh, camera in front of yourself and just do things like talk and and move and and just like documenting every minute of anything stupid that you think about. And what
0: year was that? What years? That was around 80,
1: 82, 83 and i loved it I, I would totally it was vito Aconchi was the hero and but no and uh in the school and uh, uh, all of the uh american school of video from that time and i just fall in love with it because it was like so so um expressionistic in one hand but it was involved with technology which was basic technology of you know two two three cameras and video editing suite and that's it but that was my first encounter with uh, with uh, art and technology then later on after after I was or while I was uh, studying there I started the whole enterprise with my brother of um, of uh, what whatever you will define today as an architectural intervention, where we went down and we took over a whole street in Tel Aviv and opened there uh, two galleries, a coffee house, and a magazine. And in that magazine, we had some... uh, uh, That was another encounter I had with the first, uh, using, using technology in order to produce to produce a mass 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 media uh, magazine and art
0: sounds and, cool and
1: it was art in communication communication in art that was the slogan and i remember the first time i saw the uh, the uh, printing house that something magnificent it was called it was called cytex cytex was the israeli company they made a the whole revolution in in in, in, in uh, the way printing was done and they they became they, they they made it so everything runs to a computer and i'll never rem- i'll never forget uh, i'll never remember <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh the uh when they took us to a tour and they showed us a uh, an air that was coming from germany to israel and everything in, the, in the, there was a big room with computer was like giant was like a spaceship and in the middle there was a big picture of of a sandwich and the sandwich was full with ham 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 is not kosher obviously in israel so you had to they had to change it and he said look this was a ham and now it's going to be a pastrami so they the guy was sitting there and changing the ham to a pastrami i said oh my god <laughs> You can manipulate. This is the beginning, the birth of fake news, or maybe, right? Right, right. Or fake images, or faking images, and I was yes. like, "Wow, my God, this is too much." And so that's that. That was a, that was another important encounter because it, you know, the ability to manipulate reality uh, in such a high level that, especially if if it's one image and faking it it's fine but if you do a to distrib- like uh, mass distribution of images and you manage to fake them then it's another whole issue and uh which comes to you know it's questionable it's interesting so that was uh, my my first two encounters into into technology was the magazine mm-hmm. the magazine we signed as a limited edition of three thousand mm-hmm. and the other one was the video art
0: And then
2: after that, after,
1: after Street? that, after Schenkin Street, you know, we had to close, you know, like everything avant After two, three years, we got to the peak, but you know, m- nobody paid. Everything was for free. There was no real. Uh, it was an anarchist kind of uh,
0: operation.
1: Operation, but it did leave its mark on the heart of Tel Aviv, and it was it became it became a name for like young rebels who wants to do it to create and generate a change and just not generate just p- beautiful pictures
0: yes i remember there was one woman visiting uh, a few years back and she s- was patting you on the back and telling me you know you're a legend over there
1: yeah well i don't know if i'm a legend but i know that whatever we did was a legendary in uh, the history of tel aviv like shenkin street became an icon mm-hmm. uh, it's the product itself that became an icon of tel aviv and how the ability of you know cities and big cities to to suddenly burst out in some kind of uh, interesting way and tel aviv was is a highly dynamic place Mm -hmm. and at that time it was you know it was it looked like a shtetl you know something from the 18th century Uh and the way jews used to live and there was little people who were like selling uh, uh, cucumbers another guy that was fixing a shoe another store and so Mm -hmm. We didn't feel at all they didn't understand at all what we were doing it was
0: like <laughs> yeah. totally foreign for them like. right
1: but uh very quickly we found ourselves you know running around hanging you know we did close to like 300 shows endless insta- a lot of installation every week we had a party in the street wow and so it was really busy 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 and and the magazine and in the magazine we also had like um the whole graphic layout and mm-hmm. the whole thing that was was more and more uh involving uh computers at that time which was for me amazing you know because you know, the first time i saw that right and then i that was the first show i ever did was uh was over there i used to go to the corner there was a xerox machine mm-hmm. and um, I used to go there every day and like, uh, you know, pay like 10 cents and do a lot of Xerox.
2: Like and Basquiat?
1: Xerox art. Uh-huh. And, and that was the first, and, and that was the first show I ever did was with Xerox art. It was called Drooling on Paper. And uh, it was very interesting. and was very successful because I used to do those kind of collages and mm-hmm. then print and then Xerox them and then work on them and then... Bring them back. So it was. I mean I fall in love with the machine. <laughs> I mean, with the Xerox machine. And right. I used to come there every day. I became an addict.
0: Right, right, right. Feeding it coins and taking uh, out my paper. first addiction
1: to technology.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> and then years later, I know you did this um, work called Crossing Tel Aviv, uh, which I think is nah, one of the most beautiful works ever. No, no, That's no. a lot, ahead, Yeah. No, ahead well, then tell that us. That, well, tell us what happened after that. Schengen- that, I decided then. to
1: venture to New York. Yeah. To this. Uh, to the to the big apple mm-hmm. and uh, and and i said well what do i do and i said and someone showed me something interesting about about three dimension and i didn't exactly know what was it mm-hmm. so i came here i took few courses and i i said this is too good to be true what's happening here and it's like this whole computer it's a whole it's a whole revolution that's it's happening and i like I like change and I like revolution and I like. I don't uh, want to be a spearhead. You know, I wanted to be in the spearhead of any change.
0: And what was uh, what and year and was and this coming to was New uh,
1: York? Around 80s. i I'm very bad at years, so maybe you should. Uh, late
0: eighties or early nineties. No, late eighties. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Late eighties, and then we started. It was the second year of the masters program, and com- it was called. Then it was called computer art. In SVA Mm -hmm. and it was a two-year program with a place called The Lab the teachers were people that uh, basically were doing the movie Tron Mm -hmm. the first 3D movie and they brought all the team over to teach over at SVA Mm -hmm. to teach 3D 3D. and I spent two years in that place, in the lab day and night and i did few beautiful pieces which i'm very proud of mm-hmm. and i did some pieces that were just basic you know uh, equations mm-hmm. and i did some stuff that were involving more 3d and but everything slowly slowly i just stopped touching anything which was real everything became work virtual on virtual i don't know if it's vir- totally virtual but almost virtual
2: mm-hmm because I I
1: wasn't immersed into the piece I wasn't like creating in 3d I was creating the 3d which is a big difference today people are going into the three dimension but I was setting up a camera in a three-dimensional space or I was building something in three dimensional space and then I would so basically everything I did in order to generate one image is was to basically to to make all the you know to build the models to build the you know, we have some samples mm-hmm. and you know and and did this kind of collage of in, let's say a 3d some kind of photograph advertising a torso right a nose. uh and then i did i did this show which was called uh mediascape mm-hmm. At the Museum of uh, the Museum Tel Aviv te- te- Museum of Art. Yeah, Tel Aviv Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. I think I was thirty by then. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, very well received. A uh, lot of people came over, mm-hmm. like twenty thousand people maybe, and right. and um, uh, the guy, this guy whose name is. Uh, Timothy Binkley wrote the uh, the article about it mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was very interesting for me the whole the whole you know, concept of you know building but everything that was here that you see as a steel was a result of motion and uh, like I would move my camera and then I would generate a short film And from that film i said i love this thing you know this is great this is wonderful right and i would then i would set up the machine to render it for a few days i would take a hike and work on the next project that time the machine was working basically for me and i enjoyed it very much because like having 10 assistants you know drawing your painting (laughs) right
0: right right
1: With the very specific instruction and no uh, saying no and just 24/7.
0: Mm-hmm. And how uh, large were those? Uh, the,
1: they, I ended up printing them, most of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I did that with a place called Nash Edition. It's this guy from Crosby, Crosby, steel Nash and Young. Mm-hmm and um there were the pioneers they were also working with that company that i was working with also uh, uh cytex mm-hmm. who was the first was the first like shop in la so i would go to la to print out my works mm-hmm. and bring them down to different shows v- and venues okay. and um and they were the first one that actually they there was a printer called iris printer
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was pretty pretty amazing because you could have printed on a 600 gram paper which is very and today you can't do that and uh, and uh, and print out a piece of art and right. so that was the that was the method you know i wasn't into showing the 3d itself as uh-huh. a movie some of them i did but most of them i ended up as steel so i had two options one was to make a steel piece and one was to make uh, video animation right. or video video art or, uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't really defined by then because uh, mm-hmm. it was very robotic and uh,
0: so by the time I met you in the early 2000s, you had been working in this medium for more than 10 years.
1: Right. No, but then I went to work, uh, I went to work um, on, on, in like, in a real, like, I was working with a guy called Doros
2: mm-hmm.
1: Animation. He had an animation studio.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I work as an animator.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: there I really learned the art, you know, wow. the art of animating. Right the art of the poetry in motion mm-hmm. you know as my as Do- my friend doros he was a greek a very very amazing guy mm-hmm. and he taught me a lot about motion and graphic and how to relate to it almost to a poetry and uh, and it was wonderful because in one hand you know we were doing like uh, ads for uh, all the commercial stuff you can think about mainly we work for the toy industry mm-hmm. Uh, but also we did some Tylenol and some so you know all those little logos that uh, Pfizer and then we did something for the NBA and it was very nice and also the, the studio was going to a transition of uh, moving to computers so I was involved with that I was working with a company called TDI Thomson digital hmm that came out with those uh, 3d software packages Mm -hmm. um and um i was involved in website design Mm -hmm. as well and parallel to that i was doing trying to do as much shows as i can uh, in the artwork so i did commercial work and and, and artwork. Right. And so, parallel one to another. Yeah. Because they were feeding one, one feeding on not only money, but also knowledge. Yes, and ideas. And concepts, right. Mm-hmm. So, when you met me at 12th Street, before that, I had a studio on 20th Street, I don't think you've been there, but mm-hmm. on 20th Street, just above the limelight. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that was a big party place, you know, there mm-hmm. I used to party, it was a big, like a big, so it was a big studio for animation mm-hmm. on one there was two parts to the studio two rooms one was for creating commercial stuff and one was to the left brain mm-hmm. right brain was to make uh, artwork and i had that for 10 years and it was beautiful you know it was really great right and um, and uh, every friday i would yeah Every Friday I would make a big party, invite everybody over like in I used to do in Shenkin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cuz I wanted to maintain the tradition of right. uh, having a, a lot of people over and yeah. throwing a big parties. as you know.
0: Yeah.
1: When you when I met you, I think we we'll continue that tradition in yeah. throwing wild parties. <laughs> yeah. And uh, cuz it's nice, you know, it's part of the you know, it's part of living as an artist, I think. I think it's, it's, so too. It's being social and being kind and inviting people and you know mingling and yeah. So, and yeah, it's
0: what it's New York City misses now, actually. Yeah,
1: I don't think there are too many artists living in New York, and if they are, they're they're hiding in Instagram probably or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're not uh, finding out uh, all these little happy places Uh, I mean maybe there's some in Brooklyn that I don't know about
2: yeah
1: probably they moved to probably they moved to somewhere else
0: yeah Um, oh I should have asked you about pausing the phone but uh, let's take a break and we'll come back so after 20th street the studio above the limelight you moved further west to the west village Um, yeah
1: I moved to 12th street little west Twelve. Uh, it was a a house full with like maybe 25 artists wow. uh, which was a kind of the end of the beginning of the end of the of, of the west village but it was still an art- artist community and it was beautiful mm-hmm. it was little west 12. uh and there i had my you know my beautiful little studio and so the the hudson river and Mm-hmm. i had a few machines there and uh, i saw uh, at that time i had uh, my own printer i used to print my own work on like this epson you know printer and do i had an install. i had maybe six or seven projectors that i would do art you know uh projection projection pieces with them mm-hmm. um, and but I was mainly mainly dedicated to that time was mainly dedicated. Those f- I was there maybe for three or four years. It was mainly dedicated to doing art shows, mm-hmm. and uh, that time I was doing a lot of projections, a lot of video art, a lot of uh, again mixed media, a lot of printing.
0: Mm-hmm. What were you printing? Like printing canvas, printing paper, printing. I was p- printing what both. Size?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm paper and canvas canvas sizes up from six, 60 by 40.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: or sometimes i would do modular pe- pieces you know like uh, i would break it into like that crossing series that you saw in mm-hmm. that that i was showing first at the at the uh, uh, uh paul rogers 9w mm-hmm. With him, I had, uh, that was in Chelsea, but with him, I had two pieces, two shows. And let's say, for example, this piece that you'll see here. This is uh, the, one of those right. things over here. And, but this is for my previous. Season. Uh, and this, yeah. so this whole set of crossing that I did as a 3D mm-hmm. piece and as a 2D piece. But the 2d piece was more like little little little, like looking at at the crowd from from the top Mm -hmm. and i would integrate that or the crowd of the city the architecture of the city the way people move that ties in with the beginning of my career which was really like intervention into the street here was an intervention but from a long distance i would have my cameras from long above and capture and capture and capture the mainly the motion of the people and in the, in the street as a as a way to generate as a generator of of uh, of color and a generator of motion and patterns in the space
0: and that was the crossing series
1: yeah and some of the crossing series i took and i made into a 3d set mm-hmm. that was shown there in the, in the chelsea museum
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, in actually in many many uh, shows around the globe it was a very successful piece yeah one of the most successful three-dimensional pieces that i ever made
0: and what were they showing in the exhibition at that time i remember you had something in vienna austria what yeah. series was that
1: that was that was co- that was uh, another s- that was it was a uh, that was series was called uh, uh, burning fire mm-hmm and unfortunately the opening night was uh, September 11 burning S- fire wow yeah and everybody looked at me they thought i already made the whole show just based on <laughs> September 11 i didn't right. you know i was like shocked of course <laughs> but it was a beautiful show because it started you know you would come into the show i had i made all the all the steps interactive Mm-hmm. so if you would step on a on the on on one step it w- you would go down
2: mm-hmm.
1: so y- i had pieces of metal and they would generate s- sound that became the sound of the space
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they um, a, i had a projection of uh, uh a, oh an architectural plan of Something that my grandfather, my dead grandfather did mm-hmm. in the 1920s, which wow. I revived. And I used that to make a three dimensional piece. And I had some other pieces that were, uh, a lot of them were dealing with organic stuff, uh, like cactiles and stuff like that. Right. And that was one thing I did. And parallel to that, I was doing a projection into uh, the main fountain in Vienna. I mm-hmm. can't remember the, name, the mm-hmm. name of the place. And uh, I was I, I rented a car, and we went around the fountain and projected into the fountain uh, with the music of Ornette Coleman, you who know, was my buddy then. And uh, oh, yeah. was a mix of about 25 different videos that I've done. Wow. And. I kept looping them and i mm-hmm. did it for maybe three or four hours going around and around and the and the project the projector was on top of the car mm-hmm. projecting into the water
0: wow yeah. that sounds beautiful
1: yeah so that was the that was in vienna in, uh,
0: yeah Ornet was in a uh, quite a few of your works yeah. Uh, yes, in a yes. span of a few years. I know you would spend time in his studio and he would spend time in your studio. Yes,
1: he was here in this space many times. Yeah. And uh, I was in his space, you know, listening to his music and talking, you know, with him and his his band and his son, his amazing son. And it uh, was, um, you know, he influenced my work a lot with his uh, free, you know, his theories and especially the way he played. It was like... Totally outstanding. I would go out of there, and immediately I had an idea for maybe twenty thousand pieces. (laughs) (laughs) One idea for twenty thousand pieces. That's about how how genius on it was. Yeah, that's how good art works. And uh, he was really an inspiration. And I did the I did a wonderful piece based uh, that was he he came over to my studio and he was basically playing or I came to his studio and uh, I don't remember he was playing specifically for that piece you know with the two heads nodding you know oh yeah That piece of prayer Mm -hmm. and and I had also a nice piece in the the Museum of the Future in in Arts Electronica Mm -hmm. and and there I showed the video and it was a the basically it was not exactly a fun piece because it was about the beheading of
0: uh the journalist the journalist mm-hmm.
1: uh, and by al-qaeda it was one one of the f- uh, one of the first uh, operation and i had to squeeze it to break we broke into base not broke into but we squeezed into. Uh, we hacked into the uh, cnn room and we managed to capture that footage because they took it off right so i kind of projected it and then i uh, captured it and then projected it so i i I rendered down the quality Mm -hmm. so you don't actually see the beheading but you do see it Mm -hmm. so that trick was interesting and working because you know it was like degrading the quality of, of yes. something that was so awful yes. so it, you can present it without creating a...
0: Too much upset.
1: Yeah, and that was interesting to show them because it was a very interesting place. It was a political piece. You know. mm-hmm. It was about this kind of brutality. I didn't even know too much about... because that was one one of their first operations. Right. But I was, I was shocked, you know. Guy was in his... Cousin, his He's confessing his confession and uh, I used that as as a, that was a I used that as a uh, to create a peace yes know, yes un- unfortunately but it was i did it it was a political piece and it was i don't regret it. I've done it you know I
0: probably think. cathartic as well to help deal with the horror of it all
1: yeah yeah, I mean it's it's in a distance, but in a way you feel that you are reacting. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's coming from C- everything is vague. It's coming from CNN. It's somewhere in Pakistan. You don't really know. You you know. But as long you know, the more you dive into it, the more the more I found out. You know. Then I found out his confession mm-hmm. that they 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 force him to read, and I found out the beheading and why. And, Oh, and his wife and the whole, yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole emotional, storm, yeah. yeah. So that was done. Also, it was a pure technological piece. You know, there was, there was two pieces to that. Sh- there was one piece that, and I kept on. I, what I did is I was photograph. I was, videoing the projection. So I, it went on for hours and hours and hours. You know, it became almost an endless loop that mm-hmm. I photographed. Mm-hmm because looping was really big you know right at that time (laughs) Uh, but looping you know and looping and and you wanted to capture the essence of looping that was what I was trying to do because it's life and death and life and death and this this guy is being kept being kept killing you know yeah every time he he was
0: on that loop yeah well, uh, let's move forward and tell us what you're working on now. I know you're combining a lot of drawing and photography and also some of the digital stuff. Um, uh, I digital mean, everything s- you do I love, so I'm not a great yeah, judge. Yeah, now
1: uh, in the last two years, I, I, in the last few years, I would say, I felt that, I, uh, that I'm surfacing up, you know, from a 3D, like I was because in my when I was a kid I was a diver mm-hmm. and diving I was diving maybe for five years I was I became almost I was a professional diver when I was 15 all right, and I was diving a lot and it was a great passion of mine but it taught me a lot you know because you dive into this you dive and you dis- discover you dive and you discover. The more you dive, the more you discover.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I felt I was doing on 3D, you know, diving into technology, diving into this new world that technology is, was, you know, generating. Yes. And I felt that kind of running out of oxygen and that's it's that technology is moving to new phases. Uh, more especially after 2000 2010 you know that what well, i would say it was the end of uh, techno art right uh it was like no it wasn't relevant anymore it was shown but what you know it it lost its aura and there was not too much demand and there was nothing too much and i think there was nothing too much to explore anymore it right like right it became a household thing. Yes, yes. And so I felt that I want to go back to my roots and become an individual again. And uh, I think I was really looking forward to becoming, a, you know, I w- not only to becoming an, an individual, but to find my individualism.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the only way I could really think about it was going back to drawing and going back to the hand motion on the paper. Mm -hmm. and do a piece exactly like Onette is doing. He's playing, and it's done. So I'm drawing, and it's done. The more I do it, the more focused I am, the more it's like, and it's more like a jazz routine. Right. It's one hour, it's a piece. It's a few hours, and you do it a few times, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you do a few takes in a rehearsal, Mm -hmm. something like that. But there's a, a discipline of beginning and an end, And it's only you, your eyes, and the tabula rasa. And the tabula rasa is coming to effect again. Yes, yes. The tabula rasa, the empty page that you have to figure out. Mm -hmm. It's like an equation. You you have to come over and find out a solution that would be great. Right. And I've been doing that for the last few years, and I really find it amazing. Even, I wouldn't say it's not as amazing as... uh, as uh, th- what I've done before, but it is amazing in a different way. So it's like moving from you know it's it's, 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 it's an evolution process. Right.
0: Well, I don't know B- if it's because too
1: everything everything that I've studied is embedded in me. You know, so mm-hmm. I do that and I know how to fake stuff. I can use my iPhone and very quickly you know take a picture that will look like da 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 da. And. Uh, but in the end of the day, but what I truly love,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I think that it's so important in in our age is in the in the sense of individual individualism,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, of the hand, the hand that draws, the eyes that sees, and the mind that figures out the tabula rasa.
0: Right. That's it.
1: That's it.
0: Well, I. That's
1: what I have to say about. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know what's ahead, mm-hmm. because it's. Still some of them are still kind of the more I draw them the more I say I kind of being drawn back into the three D I'm saying, Oh my god, I wanna kind of do that in three D yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be fantastic as a three D, you know, sculpture or something
0: like right, that. Right, right. Well, I know a few years back you were talking a lot about quantum physics and string theory and stuff like that. I don't know if you could elaborate a little bit about how that influenced your work or how it shows itself in your work or stuff I like think that no, i mean no, but me it's that fascinating but
1: yeah but it was in the past works it was uh, i think um, coming more into into effect in this project that i was doing with uh, eleanor mm-hmm. in the eleanor in the times square project yeah eleanor
0: what's her last name again milchen milchen Yes. and
1: uh, we did a project of 15, 15 pieces mm-hmm. of uh, 15 video mm-hmm. A installation that was it took about a year to photograph to shoot in Times Square yeah and it was called Times Squared with a mm-hmm. like it was square by itself mm-hmm. and um, over there th- since it was the way it was shot it was shot through a mirror and uh, that was broken into like twelve twelve uh, pieces mm-hmm. so it will always show you uh, different time zones and different uh, uh, things that happen in 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 a dif- in a sequence yes. so that's where this kind of s- it's not exactly string theory but the the the, the multiple uh, dimension mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exist at the same time and you can and in post-production we isolated every every slice of reality was Mm -hmm. basically slicing reality Mm -hmm. and taking control over each slice and whatever happens in in it and that was really dealing with the transformation between the slices of reality and that's what string theory is all it's not all about that Mm -hmm. but it's part of it is about that and that was very interesting as well I mean, when I was, I remember when I came to SVA, I mean, the whole, the whole notion of fractal was born.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was also amazing. I remember I'm, I was looking at the, the IBM demonstration of what fractals are, mm-hmm. and you would see a zoom in into the same thing. And when it zooms in, you see the same thing over and over again, though you have emotion into it. Yes, yeah. And those were fractals, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know so in 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 the time span of an artist you you bump into certain kind of discoveries mm-hmm. that are kind of mind-blowing yeah and i think fractals weren't like that uh strings were like that yeah um, com- obvi- obviously you know binary language yes yes like yes the zeros and the ones you know mm-hmm. their the ability to generate reality which is not, not reality Mm -hmm. that's where Trump is coming from (laughs) (laughs) maybe he was born into that kind of uh, reality
0: yeah well here we are uh, on the last episode at least for now of our art and tech month and I have had a great time speaking with Uri Dotan hopefully we'll have him on again in the future when he has an upcoming exhibition thanks for joining us Thank thank you Uri Thank you. Thank you for joining us for episode five of the Bees and Honey podcast. Next week, we air an interview with gallerist Sarah Kay, who starts off a whole new theme for the coming month. Uh, And this theme will be very, very, very exciting, I think, for most people to listen into. Hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening and have a great week.